really excited about our sponsor this week. I love Herd App Media. I, I, you know, it's like, it's one of those things that they have done so much for our podcast that people have no idea about, but they have completely revolutionized it for us. Yeah, yeah. For us, we came to them. We said, here's our strengths. Here's our weakness. And they said, easy, we got you. And they've been the best teammates you can ask for. They've been incredible. They've brought us the, the Hollywood Raw podcast to the next level. Everyone wants to be able to monetize their podcast. There's a bazillion podcasts out there. We didn't know what the hell we were doing when we got started. And it got to a point where we're like, we need help. And, and these guys swooped in. They've helped us out. They've got our social media up on point, our websites, uh, our video is looking great. And they know how to do it all. So I am happy to promote them and tell anyone if you are looking for podcasting, website help, any of that, monetizing, these are the guys to go to herdat.com. Go to h u r r d a t.com. Go like them on Facebook and Instagram at herdat h u r r d a t. That's herdat baby. I don't know. <laughs> Love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> What up? Yo, Dax, what's happening? How are you going? Look at you in your damn shower curtain backdrop. I have no choice, What is happening dude. I, right now? I'm you're, still you're, down in Florida, We buddy. send you to Florida, and you just fall apart. I'm still you look down tan here. As hell, I'm living though. the life. I'm tan as hell, man. I'm, I'm living <laughs> the life down here, bud. It's, uh, I've had the craziest, I've had the craziest time down here. So here's what's going on. I go on social media and someone hits me up. He goes, hey, you still in Florida? Floyd Mayweather is down in Miami and I'm in Miami. So I run over and I start looking for Floyd Mayweather on the beach. And I start looking for him. And this this is so bizarre. But does Floyd, is he really going to hang out on the beach? I feel like he's almost too famous to be hanging out on the beach. No, he rides his bike. He always rides bikes around. Like he's... He's around. So what happened was I'm going from hotel to hotel to hotel. And all of a sudden I go to this one hotel. I'm not going to say the name of the hotel. And I see all these kids going crazy over this some young kid. And he's got a nice bracelet, a nice watch. And he's got like a YouTube team watching him, like kind of filming him. And all the kids around them are going nuts. So I asked some little girl, I go, hey, who's that kid? The girl goes, it's Floyd Mayweather's son. Oh, is he like a big influencer now? I guess he's trying to become like a YouTube star. I was like, oh, okay. Dude, I, I, it's I, it's kind of brilliant. I mean, people like let's be honest, Instagram, YouTube people love seeing the lives of rich and like rich people. I mean, that's the life you want to live. His dad just flaunts money around, so I yeah. got to imagine his life is probably pretty fascinating to watch. I'm going to go look so, him up. So wild, dude. So I'm like, okay, this has got to be the hotel. I go into the lobby of the hotel and I start hanging out for five minutes. All of a sudden, I run into Floyd's bodyguards. And I'm like, oh my God. And I know these guys, they're good guys. I'm like, yo, what's up, guys? Like, yo, what's up, man? How you doing? What have you been up to? We haven't seen you forever. I'm like, good. What's going on with you guys? Again, I haven't seen these guys in more than a year now because of the pandemic. And they go, good. But I could tell like the energy is weird. So they're probably waiting for Floyd. So I waited outside the hotel. Five minutes later, Floyd comes out. With not the usual entourage, he ha- he definitely has an entourage. You know, he's got probably about four bodyguards with him, which is actually kind of small for him. But he just didn't have the biggest entourage with him normally. And he's outside the hotel, and I try to put the camera up, and he goes, "Yo, yo, not now, not now." I'm like, "Oh, okay." So I put the camera down, and I start just talking to him. And then he's like, "Listen, why don't you come to this party tonight? I'm having a birthday party tonight." I'm like, "Okay." So I go to the party that night, and it's a red carpet event. I bring my camera, and I didn't realize it's a red carpet event, and all these people are trying to like get into the club. I'm just waiting outside the red carpet. Next thing you know, Floyd Mayweather pulls up with in a Bugatti. 
a Bugatti is a million dollar car, you know, like it's ridiculous. He pulls up in a million dollar car. I start filming him right away. He, I talked to him. I get an interview. Fortunately, I was able to place the interview and sell it. So that did very well for me. But later that night, they hit me up and say, listen, why don't you come to this party on Saturday? Floyd's having a party. You should come to this party. I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going. It's on Star Island. Dax, have you ever heard of Star Island? Of course. It, that's yeah, But Star- that's like a pretty famous, I think, what did Madonna live there? Rosie yes. O'Donnell? Shaq, LeBron James, people. like everyone lived there. Uh, A-Rod and J-Lo to Gloria Stefan. Uh, it's like this little small island that you need to go through a gate to get into this island. But as soon as you, I've, most people who live in Miami have never been to this island because it's so exclusive and it's so – I mean you can't just walk onto this island. You can't get to it. You have to go on a bridge. You have to go through a security guy. But they're having this party at this mansion on uh, Star Island. So it's on Saturday. I go to the party. And as soon as I go in, like it's it's from noon to 12 during the day, like 12 in the afternoon to 12 at night. I got there around 4 in the afternoon, and it was incredible, dude. I mean I'm just – the, the scenery, this house was just ridiculous. And there was like some random people there. I mean, no one, I saw DJ who kid, I saw a few other boxers who I knew, but then Floyd rolls up and it's just so funny just to see, like, I just stand out there. Like a, I, I look like a pilgrim, you know, like I do not belong there. I have my book bag on with my camera. I'm like, but I'm just, I kind of knew a lot of people there. So I kind of fit in a little yeah. bit. So I was able to hang out with people and talk to people I knew there and I got a photo of Floyd. Did you see the photo of Floyd? Yeah, of course. Oh, dude, the photo of Floyd's awesome. So it just good. looks so crazy. Uh, but he was <laughs> like, he was in a good mood, and it, the party was really chill. Like it was, it wasn't crazy. It wasn't wild. It was just like a good time. It wasn't a good crowd. Um, and again, to do it at Star Island is just, this it's was, so cool. Like everything is Instagrammable there. And know what the funniest know, part is, dude? What? So they only had you couldn't go into the house. You know, they only had like a guest house where they could use for a bathroom. But, you know, there's so many people at this party. There's one bathroom. And, you know, there's every time I try to go take a piss, there's always a line with all these girls trying to go pee. I'm like, man, like I'm never going to be able to pee. What am I going to do? Next thing you know, like the final time I give it one last try, I go to the bathroom. There's still a line. Another one of Floyd Mayweather's sons comes by. He's like, ah, man, a line. And he's like, I'm going to go pee on the side of the house. And I was like, listen, if you do it, I'm doing it because we both can't <laughs> get thrown out, right? So he's like, all right, let's go. So me and Floyd met with his son. I don't even know who he is, which one. But we just peed on the side of this multi-million dollar mansion because we didn't feel like waiting in line. I was like, okay, this is – I wouldn't want to want to pee with any – there's there's nobody else who I'd want to pee with on the side of this house besides Floyd. So that so was really funny. wild. The next day, dude – Oh, my God. You got I, um, more? This is like never-ending yeah, story. Is crazy. The this next is day – Oh, this is so dude. I got two more stories. The next day, actually, well, we we do have Big E. He is waiting to go on with us. Oh, yeah. So okay, let let yeah. let's get. Uh, what? How much? What else you got for me? Right, real quick. Story? I go to this. <laughs> all right, so all right, yeah. Let's get to Big E, man. I'm no, 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 no. No, your story. I was, gonna, I was gonna say the next day. Um, I see on social media that Meek Mill is in Miami, and Meek Mill is sort of big in the news right now because Meek is. Um, Meek made some lyrics about Kobe Bryant that kind of made a lot of news and got a lot of heat. He also yep. had a beef with Takashi Six Nine. So I wanted to, you know, I wanted to ask him about. It. I wanted to get him on camera. So again, I put my camera in my bag and I start walking down the beach trying to find, <laughs> trying to run into Meek Mill. All of a sudden, as I'm walking down the beach, 
I see this guy named Will. Will is uh, best friends with Michael Rubin. Michael Rubin is the owner of the 76ers. He owns the brand Fanatics. He's, uh, I think he's worth about $3 billion. He's involved with the Reform um, organization that also works with Jay-Z and also Meek Mill. So I see Will. So I just kind of playfully like talk to him and start like walking to him on the beach. I start talking to him on the beach to try to network with him. As I'm sitting there talking to him and kind of network with him on the beach, who pulls up in sandals and like sits down with us? Meek Mill. And I'm like, dude, are you kidding Wait, me? Wait, did you like, pull out your camera? No, I didn't pull out my camera. I felt like such an idiot if I pulled out my camera. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to be that guy. Like, oh my God. Like, I just had to play cool. Like, oh, what's up, man? I slapped him five. But like, we talked briefly, but like, I didn't want to, I didn't know what to do. I was like, oh my God, I came here looking for you. You literally fell into my lap and now I can't even interview. So Fine. it was just the, such a weird time but uh again it, it was just a very wild weekend yeah, but fun such a weird life bro it's very such weird a weird life you know i was just thinking this was the first year i didn't get an invite to the floyd party and i'm not even joking <laughs> the last like five years i've gotten an invite i haven't gone once because Seriously? it's always yeah well because what one year it was in vegas oh, then yeah. the following year it was in la but like i had some oh you know what's funny the following year i was in vegas and it was going on in la um what else there it's just every year it just doesn't work out but yeah i'm gonna have to go one of these he does like honestly he does like three parties a day i'm not even joking like three parties a day it's a whole entire weekend from brunch party to night party to two different clubs on one night to two different parties on a day it's like he bounces around from party to party to party so it's like he literally it's a whole weekend of floyd mayweather events for him all right, let's uh, let's get to a couple things that we need to talk about before we bring on Big E. Number one, this fan question roulette has been freaking awesome, you guys. We love it. Yeah, We're having great. a lot of fun. We're getting great responses from all the celebs. So please keep submitting your videos. Uh, just remember to say your name. If you like a selfie video, say your name. And then just launch into the question because these celebs are loving it. They're having so much fun answering the questions. So go ahead, DM us the video on IG. I mean, you can send it to Hollywood Raw Pod on IG. You could technically send it to us. We just don't want to actually see the video. That's why we have you send it to our IG account so that the producers see it and not us. Um, and then let's get to a comment real fast. Yeah. Yes, let's do it. All right. Um, Let's see. We got this one from Stingray02. It says, thanks for Jody Sweeten. Uh, thanks for the Jody Sweeten interview. It was awesome. Loving this podcast and the fun perspective it offers each week. Sending love to you guys from Colorado and enjoy seeing where Dax has made it. Remembering him from way back when I was just an awkward younger sister of his best friend and his dreams were becoming of, a, were becoming of an Olympic gymnast. All right. I'm trying to think who is this. <laughs> Dax, were you trying to be an Olympic gym gymnast? Dude, I trained at the Olympic Training Center for like years and years and years. Really? I was a gymnast for like literally 16 years of my life. Wow. Can you still do a backflip or back handspring? Uh, uh, here's the thing. I ended my career when I dislocated both ankles at the same time. Ugh. Ugh. And it was showing because I was coaching at the time and I was showing off to like the kids so i was like yeah oh you want to see dex do something cool all right guys everyone line up let me show you and i was doing a backflip, and right when you land you punch and do a front flip it looks really dope because it's just like really fast yeah. when i went to land the backflip, both my ankles turned in oh. and they basically my ankles are what hit the ground not my feet and then i still kind of like rolled out of it but you hear it like this it was loud like crack oh. it didn't break they just both like basically popped out 
And then I was, I looked at him, like my other coach, I was like, "Ah, I think I just broke both my ankles at the same time. We need to go to the hospital. (laughs) And then I was in boots for the next six months. So that kind of ended my, my career, but not like I was going to go to the Olympics. I didn't, I was not that good. I sucked. But anyway, 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 let's get to, let's get to our guest who actually matters here. Let's talk to a a person who has actually very good ankles. I'm sure. Cause they're a professional wrestler. Please submit. Keep submitting these reviews. They're very helpful for us. We say it all the time. Submit. We can't thank you enough. Um, and we read your reviews live on the podcast. So that's the best thing you do to support this cop. Uh, this, co- this, this cause. It's <laughs> the best thing you do to support this podcast is leave a good review and uh, just leave a message on. It just helps out the algorithm. So whatever you do to support well, us, it helps us out it and us. it strokes Adam's ego big time. Exactly. Exactly. Dax, tell us about our guest. So our guest today is a former college football player turned power lifter. He's on his way to becoming one of the biggest WWE superstars of all time. He is now working on an awesome pod- project called Our Heroes Rock. And based on his size, you would not want to be on his bad side. Welcome, Big E. Big E, it's good to have you, buddy. The uh, it's, good, it's good for you to come on the podcast. Obviously, I'm a huge fan. I'm a stockbroker in the WWE, so which means I'm sort of your boss in some way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. When we yeah, put it I, like that. You're not. You're not entirely wrong. <laughs> Two whole shares. Yeah, you got some say then. I, yeah, I can't I mean, refute that. <laughs> I can't refute. So that. wait. So the WWE. You guys haven't been traveling, obviously, because of COVID. Yep. You live down in Florida, and all the shows have been down in Florida. Has a feel to, you know, to be not be traveling like you used to be sitting back in Florida. That obviously you don't have to sit on an airplane as much. Are you? Are you liking this uh, experience that you don't have to travel as much? Yeah, I'm spoiled, man. I am so spoiled because we go from we used to do four to five shows a week every single week with very little break. Um, and now, like you said, our shows are I live in Lando Lakes, which is just north of Tampa. It's ba- it's basically Tampa. And now we're at St. Pete. So it's a 40 minute drive for me. I go from like, hey, we have a show in London and you'll be gone for 20 days doing this European tour to I'm in my bed every single night. And it's so different. But I don't, I don't know if I can go back, man. I don't. It's, I'm spoiled. I, yeah, I'd have to do some real soul searching once things go back to normal. I was gonna say, for us having to drive into a studio again, dude. Like, I couldn't do it anymore. This is too easy. Everyone gets like used to Zoom, Skyping. Like, us doing our our podcast from afar is is really working out for me. What what airline do you travel, bud? Like, what what do you have your miles under? So we're like Tampa's not a hub, so it's kind of whatever, but it's usually Delta, typically Delta. All right, what what's your status on Delta? Um, man, what is um what's the high? It's uh, is it Are you pl- diamond? Diamond? Or, yeah, or I I reached platinum, diamond like platinum diamond, isn't that Delta's? I have to look in. I used to know this all the time, but now because I don't travel, I haven't opened my Delta app in forever. I have no idea, but I used to check that thing all the time. But uh, I think it might be Diamond Platinum because it it um it I just got there and I remember like kind of celebrating uh, like last year. And then I mean, that, now you got to start over. I know. <laughs> so the best part of that is you always get upgraded. I'm sure. Uh, you know, for the most part, except that. I feel like there's a lot of WWE superstars that also live within your area. So you guys are taking planes a lot. So how does that work when you see other wrestlers and some guys get upgraded, some guys don't do, how does that, <laughs> what's the vibe like with that? It used to be like, it's not something you want to like, cause it seems real petty to talk about, but you kind of side eye guys, or you look up at the board and you see people ahead of you. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, I gotta, I gotta change my contract. I gotta negotiate to make sure I'm on top. 
But it's real. When you fly all the time, like jockeying for those upgrades is real. Yeah, but how great oh, is sure. it when you're sitting in like row two and then someone gets on the plane and they have to walk past you and they look at you and they're like, damn, he's going to get the burger now and I'm going to be in the back. So <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's real bougie, though. I don't, I don't feel good about it. Whenever I have that feeling, I think, man, I need to work on myself, do more meditation or something because I don't feel good about it. But the feeling is real. <laughs> yeah. Wait, how about you? I mean, I know you're not the tallest of guys. You're, I mean, you're 5'11", but size-wise, you're a big guy. You're a strong guy. Are you? Do you fit comfortably in a, in a regular airplane seat, or do you sometimes ask for two seats? How does that work? No. So like you said, I'm not, I'm not tall. I have long legs. But, I'm, but you're I'm, filling up our widescreen camera right now. Look at your pecs. Your pecs, pecs are huge, dude. They're real. They're real. So <laughs> thankfully, uh, when I first got on the road, I was in coach all the time. Like you're, you kind of start out and you're just in the back of the line as far as like the, the totem pole in WWE. And so the worst was being in the aisle because my shoulders always stick out. And I, I usually sleep really well. Uh, on airplanes if I'm not disturbed. So just anytime a stewardess, God bless them. I know they're just doing their job, but especially when, when they had the wide hips, as soon as I got on that plane, I saw a wide hip stewardess. I, I knew I'm not getting any sleep because I'm getting bumped every time people getting up to use the bathroom. It's the worst. It really is. <laughs> I didn't even think about that because I'm not a big dude and the cart hits my shoulder like every time. So I got to imagine someone like you is just not constantly whack, whack. It's horrible. And then we had guys like Eric Rowan, uh, who used to be with WWE, a good friend of mine. And he's like, he's legit like 6'8", 340 pounds. And he was back there with me. And I said, I, I just saw how miserable he was. Poor bastard. And it's not just him. You're also punishing the people sitting next to him, too. I just, I, I love like seeing a guy like him. And if he was in coach, seeing the people that sit next to him and just the dread that falls over their face as they see this <laughs> massive human being is going to have the, his whole lat, his whole back and shoulders are going to be rested on their face. Yeah. Horrible. Do you, do you find yourself often sitting with the same like WWE superstars, like your friends or are you always random? Do you ask to sit next to the same people or do you actually prefer to sit next to a, like a regular person because they're a little bit smaller? So you could sort of get that, that arm, the arm move, the, yeah. you know, the, the arm bar or whatever that is. Yeah, typically I yeah, typically I prefer sitting next to a non-coworker so I have a little bit more space. Um, but WWE books are travel, so it's kind of whatever. And I also tend to go out like a light. So oftentimes I don't know who's next to me. Something about I feel like, you know, when um I don't have a child, but I know some people put like their babies on the dryer and that little gentle and tell them go to sleep in the little like bath net. That's me on <laughs> Is a that plane. true? I've As, got two children. I never got to do that. I've heard it's a thing. Great. I don't know. I heard it's a thing. <laughs> So we but as, out. as soon as I feel that little gentle rumble of the plane starting to take off, that's all I need. I need that in a bed. I just need like a, I need a, a bed to, to simulate uh takeoff. Just that, that little slight rumble. And I'm out like that. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, it's so good. So I guess one of the good things of not traveling is that you have the time to work on passion projects. And one of that, one of those projects is our heroes rock. Tell us about our heroes rock. Uh, it's incredible. So this is a bit of a long story, but it's something that I'm really passionate about. Um, so after the murder of George Floyd, I kept it, it really hit me. It was, it was one of those things uh, as far as, you know, celebrity deaths or deaths in the news. This was the first one that felt really personal. And I think a lot of us, because we're stuck in, in the house and we can't go out and about, I feel like there was no escape. Uh, typically, you would see a story like that and I think you're sad about it, but you got to catch a flight the next day or you got to go to work. But I had no distractions, really. I'm home every day. 
And so I remember thinking, just kind of having this feeling of being hopeless, but I wanted to do more. And one of the things that I love with wrestling is we're able to express ourselves through our wrestling gear, through singlets, through our entrance jackets. And we've been, usually for us with the New Day, it's a lot of silliness, it's a lot of nonsense. But uh, this time I thought, man, let's do something to express that, you know, we're invested in this and wanting to see a better world for, for all of us. And uh, Jonathan Davenport, who's working with me on the Kickstarter, um, he's designed our gear for years. And so I said, you know, I went for a walk once and I thought, oh, what if we did Schoolhouse Rock for important black figures? And I thought, you know, it's not not everyone's going to see it or get it or be invested in it. But there are people who might see me on screen or see Kofi and Woods, my partners, and they see something on our gear and they pause or they zoom in and they see Nina Simone or Ida B. Wells or they see these figures that they may have never heard of before or Ruby Bridges, who we're doing this Kickstarter on. Um, and they Google or they want to read a book um, because I had so many people reach out to me after George Floyd and ask to learn more. A lot of non-Black people wanted um, reading material or podcasts or, or documentaries to learn more. I, it was, you know, in such a horrible time, so many people were being empathetic and they were trying to learn, which I, I appreciated. So uh, my other buddy, Andreas Hale, who is a writer, he writes for The Zone. Uh, he's worked in music. He reached out and said, hey, this should be much more than just wrestling gear. This can be a series, a short film. And the three of us just kind of put our heads together and we came up with this idea. And uh, as soon as we solidified it, I thought it was a can't miss. So essentially what we want to do is we're establishing a short film. We're making a short film on the life of Ruby Bridges. But just like Schoolhouse Rock, we want to use music, in this case, hip hop, to tell a story. And I feel like hip hop is such a massive part of our cultural language of the way we like communicate with each other. There are rhymes and bars and things that I remember from 20 years ago because it was in a song. And that's my hope too. And we're incredibly fortunate to have Rhapsody, who is a two-time Grammy nominee. She's on board. She's going to uh, tell the story of Ruby Bridges. But we're using science fiction. So you have this uh, enormous robot who's fun and kind of like the genie from Aladdin, voiced by me, who has a big personality. And we have this hall of heroes. And it's like this futuristic museum. And we have kids on these little like iPad robots. So they're there virtually. And we just felt like this was such a good way to engage kids and even adults, too, with this really beautiful 3D animation. And we take them through this Hall of Heroes. And you may start seeing George Washington and so many of the founding fathers, but you get to a certain section of this museum and you see all these Black heroes, activists, artists, politicians, people who were groundbreaking, who sacrificed and you learn something that you didn't know before. Because, uh, you know, the three of us were all black, Johnny, uh, Andreas, and myself. But so many of us didn't really get immersed into some of these stories until college or until later in life. And our hope is that we can use hip hop, we can use animation, and we can teach kids at a young age about these really influential figures, but do it in a fun way. And the metaphor that I use is I think of like a parent with applesauce. And they have medicine or they have vitamins and they crush up the medicine or vitamins and they put it in the applesauce and they mix it around and they give it to the kid. And the kid has no idea there's the vitamins or the medicine in it. They're just having this delicious applesauce. And that's what we want this project to be. You show up 
and you're there to be entertained. It's not a heavy lesson where it feels pedantic or that, you know, because a lot of times kids and, and us as adults, when it's like, here's this educational piece, oftentimes you bristle at that. You don't sure. want to sit down for that. But when it's fun, when it's humorous, when it's colorful, when it brings you in and you're thoroughly entertained and you walk away and realize, huh, I, I actually just found out. And, and now I know that Ruby Bridges in 1960 integrated a New Orleans school for the first time uh, at six years old, six years after Brown versus Board of Education, um, which was supposed to end segregation. But, you know, many of the schools were still resistant to actually integrating. Um, so that's our hope is you walk away, you have this jingle, you had fun and you learn something and you learn empathy uh, as as a black kid. You learn to be proud of people who look like you as a non-black kid. Uh, you learn how many black people did incredible things. Um, so that's our goal with this project is to, to educate kids, young people, adults in a way that's fun and engaging. I'm I'm actually on your guys' Kickstarter right now because I think it's awesome. I think it's I love how Kickstarter has made these platforms available to people so that they can get their dreams made. And uh, as the time that we're taping this, you're at forty two at forty three thousand. You're looking for seventy five. What does that money need to go to? Is that your animators? What 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 do you guys need the money for on this Kickstarter? Yeah, I mean the reason that uh, we're we're doing the Kickstarter is because animation is expensive. It, it really yeah. is. So we're talking probably over twenty thousand dollars a minute. And if we're talking, you know, at, at bare minimum, we want to do four minutes, and we'd like to extend it beyond that. So animation um, is really the crux of of the expense here. Um, and we're also going to reach out to people to to voice uh, Rap City. We're bringing on, you know, like I said, a Grammy nominated artist as well. So to make sure that it's done to the best of our abilities, that we tell this story um, the way that Ruby Bridges story deserves to be told. Um, we don't want to spare any expense. And that, honestly, the seventy five thousand, that's our goal. But we're really looking to hit our stretch goal, which we'll get to, you know, down the line. First things first. But, uh, you know, that's like. That, that's the bare minimum for us at 75,000 to get this project done. Uh, but you know, the response has been really incredible and we just want to keep this momentum going for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. The, yeah, the graphics alone are just really, really cool. The artwork is amazing and you guys put a lot of time in it and it's, it's just, you see it. Once you go to the Kickstarter, you'll see how it's turning and what you're kind of investing in. And it's just a very, very cool project. Is this the type of stuff that you want to do after your career? Like more like what do you want to do after your career as a WWE superstar? Uh, one of the things that I've said for, for quite some time is I've really loved voice work and I'm on a show called Laser Wolf on Adult Swim, which I really love doing uh, incredibly talented cast. And I want to do more of that. But as I've gotten older, I feel this like need to give back in certain ways. You know, we um, we lost a brother of ours. Uh, John Huber is one of my best friends on the earth. He wrestled as Brody Lee, also wrestled in WWE uh, for, I think, over eight years as Luke Harper. And he just passed away uh, right after Christmas. And that was a heavy loss. So what we decided to do was we made a gear, um, the three of us, Kofi and Woods, in honor of him. And uh, we're auctioning all that off. And he's from Rochester. Rochester is a city that he loved in New York. Uh, and we're auctioning that off for Food Link New York. And, you know, we've raised over $6,000. We want to keep going. We have more pieces. So just doing more of those things. And our audience has been incredible. It's really not me. It's our fans have really engaged with the stuff. Uh, they really care. We have such a beautiful community. So that's that's really kind of what's been on my mind is doing things, whether it's raising money or whether it's helping to educate. Because 
I have this platform and who knows how long I'll have it. And I'm extremely blessed and fortunate to have so many things in my life. And I just want to do more to, to educate people more, to show that, you know, wrestlers, you often have this stigma of a wrestler being tough and gritty. And we are that, but also to show people that you can be muscular and athletic and you can be on TV, but you can also be empathetic. You can strive to be good human. You can give back to others. So many people have blessed me in my life, and I'd like to do the same for others as well. Now, you you, met, you briefly mentioned the voiceover work, but what about acting? Are you getting a lot of like acting roles thrown at you, people interested? Is that somewhere something you want to explore more on? It's definitely something I'm open to, but you know, oftentimes people are like, Hey, you want to go to Hollywood like The Rock or John Cena? Yeah, yeah, I'll just be the next rock. Yeah, no problem. I mean, <laughs> it, it's easier said than done. Uh, but I do, you know, I started wrestling because I love the athletic side of it. But lately, the last several years, I really love entertaining people. And if I can continue to find ways to do that and it feels right, uh, I'd love to, you know. Um, so we'll see. Uh, my, my whole thing is uh, just kind of being open to whatever life brings. So I'm trying to be open to, to whatever comes. Yeah, you're a great actor. I mean, it's crazy because when you started, at least in the WWE, not NXT, but you you were sort of this heel. But then all of a sudden, people just got to enjoy you and you got to see your personality come out more and more. How... How much acting training do you get from the WWE? And are you still are they still actively working with you as becoming a better actor? Well, actually, they they did uh, hire an acting coach, and uh, they actually they got us all. I actually just finished. Uh, Howard Fine has a book on acting, and uh, so there there is an element of that for sure. Um, I think for me, what really helped is just loosening up. I just had this notion of being big and tough for so long, and I didn't let go. I was still inhibited but with the new day because we ended up being so goofy and colorful it really allowed me to open up and i you know oftentimes i said i often think i'm my most comfortable when i'm in the ring like i feel like i can do anything and i think oftentimes when you can hide behind a character if a tor ewan is obnoxious then it's it feels personal and uh people don't like me but when you're this character and i'm biggie and he's obnoxious it's, it's just the character no, no problem. So, so I love being able to hide behind this character that can essentially do no wrong. Um, and I've really but, enjoyed that. But, I, yeah, but I'd it's love different to with you because sometimes when a guy goes too goofy in, as, as a, in wrestling and as in a WWE, sometimes their, their longevity is not as long. Whereas you, you've been, you know, you guys in the New Day have been on top for so long. And it's wild because here you are guys being goofy and fun and animated, but you're – I mean, I, I just don't see going anywhere. The fans love it. And it's crazy to see the how people react to it. And it just the way you guys keep adapting to it and changing with it, and not just changing with it, but like adding new stuff to it. Are is it more you guys? Like are how much say do you have within the characters in the new day? Or is it the writers? Or can you add yourself to it and put yourself out there? Well, we're fortunate. We have a pretty long leash, so um we're often allowed to kind of play with it. We, we know, you know, it's TV, so you can't just do whatever you want. But as far as our promos are concerned, oftentimes we ha we know the content that we have to deliver, but we're allowed to deliver it in a way that feels authentic to us. And that's been really helpful. And, you know, we have to change it up because if you don't, you, you kind of perish. You know, it's either it's adapt or die in WWE. And if you don't adapt, typically, uh, you know, you just kind of end up regressing to the back of the line until you're either off TV or you're barely used. Um, but uh, we've been fortunate just to have these different incarnations and have people reach out and influence us. And, you know, we stole like so much of our, our gimmick originally, too. 
it's just stolen from Twitter. It's just kind of sifting through whatever is popping on Twitter and we find ways to implement that stuff. So that's kind of been our key to, to trying to stay fresh and, and keep going. How good are you at memorizing lines? Like that to me, that is my biggest fear is like not remembering my line, especially in front of gazillions of people. So yeah. how do you do it? I'm not very good. My memory is not great. <laughs> it really isn't. Um, but I, I guess it's, uh, I'm trying to think of the best way you kind of, so I used to always, you know, with wrestling too, it's entertainment. So I would struggle to kind of remember what I was supposed to be doing in there too. But when you, I just got better at visualizing essentially. So I would visualize in my head the, with the match, I'd visualize like the actual movement and see it in my head and kind of the same thing with promos is just having these associations in my head with where each sentence or each block of that promo was supposed to go. And you don't have to nail it word for word, but as long as you understand the sentiment and where you're going and also kind of being invested in your character and in your story, then you have a better understanding of, of the arc. So that's, that's kind of my only way because my memory, as far as like just straight memorizing, sure. not great. <laughs> Do you still get nervous? No, no. Uh, I wish I, because I feel like so many people tell you, like, if you're not nervous, then, this, you know, you need to get out. And I feel bad sometimes for not being nervous. Uh, it's also very different, though, without a crowd. So it's it's this weird era of us doing something. Because in wrestling, you're taught almost from pretty much from day one is that the whole point is to move the crowd, to make people boo or cheer. That's the whole point. Because if you do all the moves in the world and you're an incredible wrestler, but people just sit on their hands and it's crickets. Like you're, you're not, you're not that yeah. good really. Cause that's the whole point. Yeah. So now we're in this era of doing our best with what we call the Thunderdome and having the virtual fans, but you don't have that instant barometer. And that's what I love with wrestling is that a crowd tells you immediately, whether it's good or whether it's bad, whether they love you or they hate you. And the beauty too, is you can have that same match in Jackson, Mississippi, and you can have it in LA. And the reactions can be completely different. Same thing with going to the UK or we have shows in South Africa or Japan. And I love that you have to work for that crowd. You have to get a sense of how that crowd is responding to you and trying your best to manipulate them. But now we're in this world where hopefully it doesn't last too long. But now we're in this world where that's kind of out of the window. So there will definitely be an adjustment when, once we get uh, crowds back for sure. You know what I'm, I'm always fascinated with? Obviously, Vince McMahon is the most polarizing person in, you know, in the WWE. I want to know, do you have a, a personal experience that was like your favorite experience with Vince? I love hearing these like fun stories. Yeah, I'm trying to think of stories I can actually tell. Uh, <laughs> um, you know what? Uh, I don't know if this was funny to anyone except for me and Kof, uh, and Woods. But so when the New Day started in 2014, we were trying to get entrance music. And the idea for us was to be three preachers. And I'd grown up in the church and I'd done some preaching as a kid, but Kofi and Woods, that's completely foreign to them. So when we got the idea, we thought, oh, this is it. Let's do our best with it. Um, so it was, it was uh, a bit eye-opening. But I remember uh, they wanted to give us entrance music and they gave us this real dusty, old-timey church stuff that sounded like it was recorded in the 1920s. And I said, we cannot come out to this. And we thought, you know what? If they want gospel, like we remember like Kirk Franklin and that was upbeat. And so many people who didn't necessarily go to church or listen to gospel had heard of Kirk Franklin sure. because it was energetic. And that's kind of what we thought too. So we, that was our example. And we gave them the example. And I remember once we had to go to uh, Vince's office after a show and have him listen to the music 
and we listened to the music and he had these big speakers, just big speakers in his office for some reason. And it's a bunch of the writers and us, and we're all in a circle just sitting there. And we kind of, you know, we get there and then they put the music on and it's, you know, this is a big point where I'm kind of, you know, I've been in the company for a few years, but I'm not really invested here where it's like, I, you know, I've, I've made it. So this is, this is important for me and Woods for sure. Kofi's more established, but this is an important moment. So we're all kind of pretty seriously hoping he likes the music because we think this is it. And he plays the music and it's just way too loud, um, but he's, he's playing it. And we're all just pretty serious, just trying to like vibe along. And, but we're looking at him just to see how he's responding. And I remember him just tapping his foot, just just this like gr- almost a grimace of pleasure uh, and, and almost a cartoonish way. And I, I thought he was I thought this was a joke. I thought he was being funny and I thought we we're all laughing. Um, but I look over and I realize everyone is, is deadly serious and he's still just you know kind of dancing in himself and tapping his foot and and to, and i have to i'm i'm biting my lower lip because this is hilarious to me this is the funniest thing and i'm looking around and no one else is is, is laughing and i can tell this is a serious moment uh so i'm i'm i almost almost to the point of of biting my lip and bleeding that's how hard i had to bite my lip because you had to be there i don't know if i explained it well but his his love for like the southern gospel tradition uh, and like the black church is something you wouldn't expect, but he really does. So <laughs> seeing him just go to town, uh, tapping his foot and shrugging his shoulder while while listening to our, our so he interest. gave you the blessing on that one though. Yes, yes. All right. <laughs> so you won. Yes. I like it. Yes. But so they're that's awesome. So they're doing a WWE twenty four on you, which is essentially it's a documentary on you on your on your career leading to the WWE and your 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 current career in the WWE. What do you want people to take away from it? Uh, you know what? I will not be watching, but uh, I cannot watch people. I cannot really watch. I don't watch myself. I don't watch my matches. I can watch maybe if you show me like a 30 second clip, I can get through it. But I think this documentary is supposed to be about an hour and people saying nice things about me. I really hope to have a positive impact on this world, but I do not want to hear people sit around and bloviate and say nice things. (laughs) So I, I'm just hoping I'm going to have my phone off while while it's playing. It, it makes me – I'm weird about it. I get it. But my hope <laughs> is that people just understand where I'm coming from, that they have a better understanding of – you know, I, I think the cool thing with those documentaries is it's an opportunity to look behind the character. I've been this goofball for so long, and, you know, now things are a little bit more serious with my uh, Intercontinental title run. But – I think it's a cool way to look at me as a tour, as the human being uh, and on my rise to getting to wrestling. Um, you know, I came into wrestling on a whim. I was a football player at Iowa. That was my dream. I wanted to play football. That was my my dream since I was a kid. But I had a ton of injuries in two and a half years. I tore both my ACLs. I broke my right patella. I tore my left pec. And that was it for me. And, you know, I was pretty much at a point of being depressed and trying to figure out life and just at this crossroads of like, what do I do next? And then at the age of 23, just this opportunity pretty much falls out of the sky and someone says, Hey, do you want to give this a shot? So, uh, you know, I haven't, they sent me a, a cut of, of the, uh, the doc of, tw- of the 24. I obviously have not watched it yet, but uh, they, they do a killer job with the docs and I know this would be incredible. So it's just really a, a look at me as I am and kind of my journey uh, through WWE and also pre-WWE through my life. You've got to watch gonna it. That's going to be dude. really cool. You're going to have to watch I, it. You know, all those people that are saying the nice things about you 
are saying them because they want you to hear them. So I know, you but I don't want to hear them. Like, buddy, did you hear what I said about you? You're going to be like, nope. You got to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to smile and nod and say, yeah, that was nice. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, you gotta watch that. I guess. What? Oh, what about the Vince McMahon one? They're they're doing a whole documentary on him. That's right. Is there anything you want to see that like actually make it into that documentary? Oh, uh, is that? I think that's like an A and E thing. It's like um, Bill Simmons is doing it. It might be HBO. Oh, um, or you're right. Netflix. It could be Netflix. That's gotcha. doing it. Uh, it's very intriguing. He's a very interesting man, especially. Oh, so interesting. Um, it's gonna be. Yeah, the, it's gonna be amazing. It really even, is. I think. Even just watching the uh, the XFL doc, I thought was really cool, and his relationship with uh, Dick Ebersol, and uh, you know, like wrestling is his—that's what he comes from. That's what his dad did. He was a promoter, but then just getting into this venture of the XFL, just the mindset of someone like Vince and billionaires, I think is really interesting. Where they just, you know, this this belief in self, I think is is very interesting. So uh, he's he's as much a character as people would imagine. So I'm sure it's going to be incredible. Have you ever went to the gym with him? No. So he has he has his personal trainer. And I'll see this poor guy. Sometimes we'll we'll drive. So we'll have these long drives pre-pandemic. And we'll get in at like uh, we get to TV hotel maybe like two, sometimes three in the morning. And his personal trainer has been standing outside the whole time waiting for him because he'll come in and he'll he'll work out after shows, after these long drives at like 3 a.m. This man is not in his 20s. He's in his 70s. And he he is working out hard. He legit like he's a meathead in a way. He that's how like lifted heavy. It's crazy to me. That's insane. You know, I, I want to know. Um, we we had uh, totally forgot. Chris, we Jericho. Had Chris Jericho. God, I totally slipped my brain. We had Chris Jericho on the other day. We were talking about you know he had that infamous his belt went missing. Do you feel that when someone wins a belt, they're responsible for it? Like they need to, like if it gets stolen, if it gets lost, that is on them. Oh, 100%. That's that's like one of the first lessons you you learn once you win a belt is that you better protect that thing at all. That's because and they also tell you don't check your gear bag. So your gear bag, you have your wrestling gear, but you also when you're a champion, you have your title in your gear bag. And when you have it on you, you can't really lose it. You know, you, you stow it and it's your your carry on. But you don't because if, if you lose that, that's like one of the biggest faux pas in the business. And, you know, a lot of a lot has changed. With our business, but I still feel like that is very much a thing. So yeah, gets, that's, that's on If it gets stolen, though, do you feel like it's the wrestler that needs to pay for it, or like because I'm trying Ooh. to think with an Oscar, Adam, if someone gets like their Oscar stolen, do they pay for it? Or does the Academy reimburse them? I don't essentially? know, but the thing is, you can't really say you own it because if you own it, they're going to say how you found it. So it, it's not really mm. worth anything. It's not something you could really boast around like a stolen belt. Or yeah, a, well, technically, belt technically, I don't think you own an Oscar too. If you pass away those oscars are supposed to go back to the academy do you know really yeah it's really weird like the academy still owns your statue you're not supposed to sell them you're not supposed you're you're supposed to literally hand them back interesting i didn't know that did not know did you biggie did you go to your high school reunion no i definitely did not so i'm (laughs) i am a bit like even though i'm boisterous and whatnot for my character and, and wrestling I am pretty much an introvert. I live alone. I I never went to a single school dance. I didn't go to prom. I haven't gone to reunions. I, and I was like cool with people. I was friendly with people. But it just seemed, just the notion of going back to reunions seemed odd to me. So, yeah. <laughs> how good, how good. Okay, so going to backstage at some of these big WWE events, how good is the catering? 
I love catering's it. catering's on point. Catering's yeah. on point. So we so we have the same catering company, the uh Dega Catering, and they're incredible. Some of actually some of my really good friends uh, are people who work with us uh, on catering. Uh, but yeah, they uh I'm trying to think, you know, it's they they serve us multiple meals. There's breakfast if we're they're early. Uh it's pretty good catering. I'd have is it like solid. healthy stuff or is it just like a, a kind of a combo of everything? They got hell options. So if you want to go healthy, you can go healthy. <laughs> So okay. I, I, I'm someone who's always looking for the salmon. I'm looking for the vegetables, um, maybe a baked potato if I had just worked out or brown rice. So I try to keep it pretty healthy. But they also have uh, for the weak will. They always have these ch- enormous chocolate chip cookies. They have these they have multiple dessert tables. Uh, I was like, we're we're on TV half naked. Why? Why are these things <laughs> that you have out here? <laughs> but I, I don't have a big sweet tooth. My my uh, my thing, my vice is melted cheese. So any kind of like lasagna or pizzas. So I'm trying to stay away from that. But yeah, they have they have them. You can eat clean or you can eat like an animal too. You know, musicians, you know, are known to get a lot of groupies. Is there groupies when it comes to wrestling? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a term that I don't think is a good term it's called oh, I, I think i know it is we won't say it's, it, but it's okay i mean it's it's rats is kind of the wrestling term yes. and i had to stop using it because that's not like who would, who would want to be with a rat sexually that's not a, that's not appealing <laughs> um <laughs> but yes that that is a term so that that's a thing that is a thing so i want to do a quick thing with you real fast we have been playing fan question roulette with Ooh. uh with our guests so our are the fans that listen to the podcast they submit questions the thing is they don't ever know who's coming on our podcast so they just have to submit a question we don't even know what the questions are we just see their names we pick one out or maybe we'll do two today and uh and see what their questions are for you all right beautiful, beautiful. all right so we got uh sarah first all right sarah let's check this out hello my question for you are you a dog or a cat person Ooh, um, I'm kind of neither in that I own no pets, but if I had to choose one, I would say I'd go with the dog. I'd go with the dog. dog. Yeah, that's and I wish I had a better like story or background for you because <laughs> I don't have any pets. I mean, it's, it's a very boring answer. I was going to say, I, it's probably hard to have a pet when you're always traveling, right? Yeah, right. And like some people do have pets and they'll like boredom. Um, I never owned a cat ever in my life. I had a dog when I was a kid. Um, but it ran away, it just just ran away and just never came back. So <laughs> See, that's was, why you're not a dog person. You're like, yeah, oh, right. Fucker ran away on me. Exactly. But I also <laughs> never owned a cat. And I guess cats are supposed to be easier to take care of. Uh, but yeah, I'll go with dog. Okay. All right. We got it. We got another one because that one was just a quick one. Let's go with yeah. uh, Sasha. If you had to give up one, which one would you choose? Pizza, hamburgers, or wings? Ooh. I would give up. I think I'm going hamburgers. Really? I think okay. I'm going hamburgers. First of all, I can understand that. I I explained pizzas. I, pizza ain't yeah. going anywhere. Pizza's here <laughs> to stay. Uh, and if you you get a big thick drumstick, there's I, with wings, and there's so much you can do with wings. So many different flavors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many different sauces, dipping sauces, hamburger. Maybe I just had, maybe I got my fill of hamburgers. I, I ate a lot. I used to work at Wendy's. Uh, I worked at Wendy's when I was like 16 or 17. And I didn't make much money at the time. I was working, I was working for like five seventy-five an hour. Uh, and it was just like to make some side money at the time. But our managers did not care. They were either, they were, they were either like 
everyone that worked there was a high school kid or they were a felon. It, and we all we all got along though. It was everyone was good. Everyone was good. And uh they they let us like kind of do whatever on Sundays. I would just eat. It was pretty slow, but I would make at one point I took, you know, the singles, they have those thick singles uh patties. And I made and I was trying to gain weight for football. So I I made a massive sandwich where I had uh, seven singles stacked on top of each other with cheese in between each one and those like sesame seed buns. And like to get in my mouth, I had to crush it down. So it was a lot of work there, <laughs> but I, I crushed it down. And so I would eat these burgers all the time. And then also like being, you know, I wasn't making much money. So I would also make my meals for the week. So I would like drop these, we had chicken nuggets. I'd be dropping chicken nuggets and I'd look around to make, no one cared. And I would just bag up some chicken nuggets uh, the chicken strips. I would take a lot of burgers too. So I was. I think I just ate so much Wendy's when I was a senior in high school that I just. I'm good with burgers. Yeah, I'm good. Did it ever creep you out the square burger? I love the square burger. So don't get me started <laughs> on the square burger because I I will pound the pavement for Wendy's. Wendy's is the spot. And even like when I was on the road, like I stopped eating fast food years ago. But we used to be on the road. That would be our. We would stop at Wendy's because you can you can get. A chili and get baked potato with with chives and sour cream. Wendy's got some great options. Don't get me started on Wendy's. No, you know what it is. It's it's the fries with the frosty. Ooh, oh my! Have you ever dipped the fries in the frosty? Yeah, that that's a staple. Uh, But you you know what I used to do too is they'd have these almonds. So they had the little packs of almonds that would go with the little salads they had. So I used to again. I would like I like my layers. That's that's the the theme with my Wendy's. eating uh choices so i would take i would take a bit the biggest cup they had i would put a little bit of frosty in dump a pack of almonds a little bit more frosty another pack of almonds so i would have this like five layers of frosty and almonds <laughs> and just that's how that's the way to eat a frosty if you, if you ever go back <laughs> i had plenty of time on my hands plenty did, of time. we need to call wendy's and be like hey do you guys mind sponsoring this podcast because you just got a hell of endorsement right here <laughs> look i'll do it for free i ain't got no problem with it you should design the menu um dax do you have that other video lined up yes yes do you want to do rapid fire questions you want to do this no i want to ask them about this video so um one of our friends of the podcast my buddy ryan who runs WrestleBotch, he wanted to ask you a question about a famous video of you uh dax show the video i can guess what (laughs) (laughs) what what happened there what did you do uh it was the power of my hips. It was the power of my hips. Well, it's got you some power, bro. You didn't. You didn't see the energy. Uh, you know that that rose from my groin area, uh, <laughs> and and hit golf. So that's that's it's a live event, and what we do on live events, and that's why I miss live events. Live events are you, like the point is to entertain people. So it's a little bit more loose than uh, TV is, which you know is a little bit more hard hitting. But you know the live events is just kind of you just. It's just you and your friends for the most part. And you just try stuff and you try to make people laugh. And that's that's what Dolph decided to do with that. So I <laughs> I thrusted my hips and the it was the centrifugal force, I think, emanated from from the hips and and hit him in his sternum area, which knocked him back. Yeah. <laughs> what is what is your favorite wrestling sign that you've seen in the crowd? Ooh, uh, that's a very good question. The one that you actually looked at like, man, that's funny. That's good. Uh, so this isn't even, this is like an inside joke that I'd have to explain. So 
my, because I have an ample chest, people would often refer to it. And when Dean Ambrose was here, uh, he would refer to me as uh, like Seth Rollins still calls me Titty, as in like, and and Dean would call me like, yeah, like they were Titty, like that's just not even like, not even like making fun of me, but just it became so common. It's just a nickname. So at one point, Dean was real bored on a tour, and I think on his wrist tape he wrote uh, Titty Master, and he he proclaimed himself the titty master and we'd have these matches and uh, people started picking up on it. I think they saw it or they, I forgot how they picked up on it, but I think the first time I saw a titty master sign, uh, it, it kind of blew me away. So just to pe- let people know, if you ever saw a titty master sign, it had nothing to do with degrading women. It was not, nothing like that at all. It was about your it, titties. Yes. That's, that's exactly <laughs> what that was. All right. Let's do a, let's do a speed round because this is probably the most fun part of our entire show. We love it. We love the answers that we get on this. So we're, we're going to, Throw out some questions to you, and you just answer them as quick as possible. Hit me. Okay. Adam, you start. All right. Uh, nicest wrestler backstage? Ooh, Rey Mysterio. Sweatiest wrestler? Uh, Samoa Joe. Biggest bully? Um, Sin Cara. How about mm, you'd be the most jealous or envious of? Envious is a better word than jealous. Mm, I don't really have much envy in my life, but if forced to pick one, let's go John Cena. Okay. Uh, most underrated. Most underrated. I'm going to go with my man, Xavier Woods. All right. Who's the hardest worker? Hardest worker. Ooh. I'm going to mess this up, but let's go with. Oh, man. I'll go Kofi Kingston. Okay. Uh, most embarrassing moment in the ring. Uh, my most embarrassing moment was uh, this is actually in a practice match. So this is an FCW, but this was not in front of people. But essentially, so we'd have these practice matches and we did one where uh, Bobby Dutch would he would pants me. So we were just in our training attire. So just wearing shorts and a T-shirt and this wrestler named Bobby Dutch. Real name is uh, Bill Carr. He would take down my pants and then he would beat me up a little bit at one point everyone decided to gang up on me so they didn't we, we did this for a few weeks in a row uh everyone storms the ring and kind of like gets on top of me uh and at the time i was very cheap i had some you know you know, us men sometimes we hold on to underwear too long this this underwear <laughs> was on its last leg this man so i also for some reason was shirtless i don't know usually we would share, wear a shirt but for some reason i was shirtless uh as everyone like kind of dog piles on me sin car rips my underwear off me <laughs> And I'm enraged, so I'm chasing him, uh, holding my 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 deal, which is which would be flopping in the breeze, chasing him as fast as I can. All I have is I'm wearing my sister's old middle school volleyball knee pads, my pair, my boots, and I'm um, butt naked. Otherwise, that was probably the most embarrassing moment. That's pretty funny. Who's the who's the who's the strongest in the WWE? Ooh, I would say he's retired now, but Mark Henry is legitimately one of the strongest men to ever walk the earth. Like, look up his powerlifting stuff, his Olympic lifting stuff, strong man. Like, no one really has done those three different di- disciplines so well. Yeah. Most intimidating. Most intimidating. Hmm. Um, we have a guy, uh, his name is Almos. Uh, he's with AJ Styles right now. He's well over seven feet tall, and he's got to be like 400 pounds, and he's not. Like obese, he's enormous. What about how much? How much can you bench right now? 
my best bench ever is 575 pounds, and it's actually on tape. It's real. But if you ask me, can I do that now? Not a chance. I definitely cannot do that now. But it's still my best, and I did it. I was also like 310 pounds at the time. I'm about 260 now. So I decided to slim down, you know, try to get my sexy on. So, yeah. Um, what is one food everyone loves but you can't get into? Mm, that's a very good one. Avocado, actually. That's it. Really? I, I think I, I love I, avocado. I like it for its health benefits, but I had this debate. And Wale is one of my favorite people. And he also does not like avocado. It's a texture for me. The okay. texture is kind of slimy. Not a fan. How funny. That's so funny. All right. My last question. Are you on any of the dating apps? I am not. I just always thought it would be weird as a public figure. And I know there's like Raya and these, but it also seems pretentious to me to like, hey, I want to date someone else who's also famous. Yeah, not for me. Okay, what, 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 the, okay go ahead, Adam. Uh, my last one. Uh, what is the biggest celebrity in your phone? Who is the biggest ooh, celebrity in your phone? Ooh. Um, my first thought is Wale. Probably, yeah, probably Wale. Okay, going back to the I day thing, I want to know what your opening line would be for for someone. Oh, I'm not. I'm not like I don't Your do line. the pickup artist stuff. I don't. <laughs> or do you just do you just flex and they're like, "Gotcha." No, because I feel like any <laughs> people people look at me and they assume I'm a meathead, so I like to disarm people with with humor. So just something I don't know. Just you know, I just wing it. Something <laughs> something funny. That's what I try I to be funny. It. Yeah. Awesome. Well, listen, you're uh you're an awesome guy, man. I really appreciate you taking time. You can follow Big E at WWE Big E to keep up to date with him and make sure you check out his Kickstarter, Our Heroes Rock. It's uh, it's really awesome. It's got a great message behind it. They're really passionate. And, and honestly, you're almost you're more than halfway towards the goal right now. And uh you guys could get an early start on it and have No, the uh, first goal. There's there's bigger goals, but we want to get them to the first goal so that they can then just rocket launch from there. Exactly. It's an amazing, exactly. amazing project. And tune into his WWE 24 documentary. Uh, he won't be watching it, but you can. <laughs> <laughs> and watch out for his hips of power. They're very powerful. Yes. Uh, and the uh, the link for that is ourheroesrock.org. We'll take you straight to the Kickstarter. Please share it. Please back it. Please just get the word out for it. Um, it's for what I believe is a really great cause. And what does your shirt I'm say? I see kick. It. It's, uh, kick. We're all starting that. History. There we go. Yes. Oh, all right. nice. There we go. All right, dude. Thank you so uh, thank much, you man. So much. Are you, Dax? I know you're not the biggest wrestling fan. Are you slowly starting to become a wrestling fan now I mean, that we had, you know, you know why? Because like I, the, you know, the thing is, and I can't believe I freaking spaced on Chris's name earlier. I was like, I'm such an idiot. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, I, I think, um, I think what I really like about these guys is they have so much personality, and they're like legit fun to talk to, and so I can understand why they're such big entertainers you know what i'm saying like like you said i'm not i'm not a huge wrestling fan by any means but i can understand the allure that people have to these people because they're of their personalities sure yeah it's uh listen i'm a huge wrestling fan and just talk to Big E. it's like whoa this is crazy uh i'm glad Dude, he came does on the my podcast chest look that big when i like that <laughs> at all it's almost like he has a pillow <laughs> in his skin that's how big his chest is it's like he has a pillow he has two, two pillows. pillows it's like literally when i look at my bed that's made and has the two pillows that's his chest right there it's yeah he's insanely huge unreal. man uh but yeah i he's he's just really cool and um i just love hearing vince mcmahon stories i think he's just one of those guys that's so interesting and you don't really hear a lot about him but everyone has a good Vince McMahon's mm -hmm. story and I'm excited for this documentary that's coming out I'm excited to see uh, Big E's documentary on WWE 24 
Uh, I'm just, he's had an interesting career from being a power lifter to being a college football player to literally falling into the WWE. You know, it kind of, the way he got in is really, really interesting. So I'm excited for that. Uh, so make sure you follow him at WWE Big E. Make sure you check out his Kickstarter, Our Heroes Rock. Uh, and uh, check out the Hollywood Raw podcast. We're on YouTube, we're on Instagram, TikTok, Triller. Ron at all. You can, we're on. We have some pages. You can see this whole interview on our YouTube page. You can find me at, at Adam Glynn, G L Y N. You can find Dax Holt at D A X H O L T. And we'll see you guys later. Bye. A Media Production.